0: Podcast is part of the sports social podcast network
1: hello and welcome to the 1871 podcast with Dylan Kerr Johnny Hunt and me Mark Roach and Johnny is joining us he's actually walking as we speak because he's on his charity walk on his way to Bournemouth so hello to both of you and our special guest tonight is Royals legend Graham murty so hello and a big 1871 welcome to you Graham how are you?
2: I'm very well, thank you. Thanks for having me on, Johnny. Be very, very careful, mate.
1: You're, you're, great, not, mate. you're very welcome, Graham. Great to have you on as a, as a guest. And, and before we talk to you, Graham, I uh, just want to do a quick catch-up on the current Reading side first. And uh, it, it's not, not very good, is it really? Let, let's face it. So 10 games to go for the Royals um, and also 10 games to go for Barnsley and Peterborough. Derby have played a game more. Reading currently four points clear of Barnsley. And if we look at current form over the last three games, it's a pretty dire situation for the Royals. So Derby have three points from the last three games. Barnsley and Peterborough have two points. And Reddin, of course, have no points from the last three games. And they've got the joint worst goals against with Peterborough on 72 goals conceded, which is an average of two goals a game, although it's obviously... Nine goals against in the last three games. And all four of those teams in action this week. So Reading at Bournemouth tonight, Barnsley at home to Bristol City and Derby away to Blackburn. And then Peterborough are at home against Swansea tomorrow. And I think it's fair to say that Barnsley are looking like a big threat for Reading. They've got a better goal difference. They've drawn the last two games, including a point against Championship leaders Fulham on Saturday, although it's fair to say Barnsley's penalty was a bit controversial, to put it mildly. So I normally ask Johnny or Gray, uh, uh, Johnny or, or Dylan, but I'm going to ask you, Graham, what do you make of the, the situation Reading find themselves in now? Is it down to the players not showing enough fight? Is it that the interim manager is, is not quite up to it? Or, or is it that the players aren't good enough? Uh, what, what are your
2: thoughts? I don't think it's any single element I think a lot of things have to contribute. Um, there's the, the squad on paper is very, very talented. There's more than enough ability in the squad to be higher up the league. Um, but you, you see teams that have momentum. You see teams that have energy and spirit. Uh, and that's all you really hope for at this time of the season. Um, the good thing about it is it's in Reading's hands. So if, if they go and execute and go and play really well then they'll be safe and no one can do anything about it but they have to go and execute and the the worrying part is that when called upon the execution hasn't quite been there at times so you just hope and keep your fingers crossed that it remains within Reading's own hands right up until the final day and until we're safe
1: and obviously obviously Bournemouth tonight big, big game you know they're chasing automatic promotion but let let's kind of park that because it, it is a bit bit worrying. We we know for Reading it is a, a bit doom and gloom. There's talk of oh we wish we got Neil Warner. Actually there's quite a bit of talk of we wish Graham murty would come in, by the way, on social media. Um but let let's go back to your, your time at Reading and I and I wanna start with the obvious one, the 106 season, your record breaking penalty. So I'm gonna set the scene. That season, you actually lost the first game against Plymouth, uh, but you only lost one more that season. And we get to the last day of the season, 30th of April, 2006. Reading home to QPR. They need to win to break the record for most points in a season. It's 1-1 going into the last six minutes. Reading win a penalty and up steps Graham Mertie. So, Graham, what, what do you remember about that season? And in particular, that game and your record-breaking goal.
2: I remember a lot I remember lots about the season itself in in, uh, in the way that it, it panned out and the way that the team blended together in such a really, really cohesive and strong way. I don't think that um, the manager and his backroom staff get enough credit because of the recruitment and the astute way they managed us through the season and made sure that we understood what our jobs were and what the potential was for us to go and be successful. But the players blended into the best team I've, I've ever been a part of. They were an absolute pleasure to play with. Um, and one of the things I really remember is that no matter how many hits we took, the team just kept on coming back. Uh, I think Crystal Palace away was a really, really good example where we see a goal and then we go straight up to the end and score an equaliser. And it's just, we seem to be that kind of team that never knew when we were, when we were down. And I've, I've watched Neil Warnock's interview actually earlier. Talking about he would have taken the job, but Paul's doing it now. I've always had some really good banter with uh, with the Reading fans. That's not how we recalled it. We could <laughs> we recalled it he it got more he got a load of stick, but he always he always seemed to want desperately to beat us and never seemed to manage it. He never seemed to actually um get our number, so to speak. But that season we had we had everyone's number. Even the games that we lost, we we could and should have won them. And then, and then going into the last game, and I, I knew I was going to get a chance. And I would, I'd been practising and practising and practising. And Dylan will know that whenever, you, whenever you're playing fullback, you spend most of your time on a flank looking into the pitch. So your normal pass goes that way across your body. So you look that way, but you play that way. And I've got that pass in the bag. I've got that finish from the penalty spot in the bag, the one going into the left corner. I thought it was too obvious, so I thought I'd just run up as hard and twat it as hard as I could. <laughs> it kind of worked.
1: And you looked pretty oh, happy great. about it. I, w- I watched the video again yesterday, and you, look- you looked very happy about that. And uh, I think you um, you took out the mascot, didn't you? He
2: deserved it. He deserved it. <laughs> he'd, been, he'd been absolutely battering me for weeks, saying I was the only one not going to be able to score. He, he was slaughtering me for ages. I'm not going to score. You're not going to score. And I, I said to him, I said, you're going to get it. As soon as I score... You're getting it, so you better start running. And he, and he started, but he didn't get very far. So that was that's one of the one of my overriding memories was doing that. But then looking at, I think it was Steve. Was Steve Hunt went straight over the top of everything. Looking back on that was brilliant because I couldn't see a thing. I was on the floor just laying into him. So I enjoyed that bit. Graham, you said about
3: you know about you said about earlier about the Reading team now, you know, and you you actually mirroring uh, what we did when I was at Reading. We, no, yeah. we 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 went into the game knowing we weren't going to get beat, and if we were going to get beat, we we're going to get beat by a better team. And 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 that 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 was that was our aim was to just go out there and 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 play the way we trained. And we had a great atmosphere on and off the field, which yeah. we, we, which carried us through. You know, eighty five minutes. Even if you again, even if you were one nil down, we knew that Quinny would be able to put one in in the ninetieth minute. Archie. And do the yep. same, you know, and it, it's 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 frustrating that Reading are now in a position where, you know, they've got to change it and they've got to change it quick because ten games is going to become nine, eight, seven, and to get them points if the other teams below them are picking points up, you, you get into that rut, and it's a kind of similar situation to what I'm finding myself here in South Africa, But I've got my players playing and going out and giving the bloody damn hardest, and unfortunately. Uh, the, as, you, as you know well, when you're at the bottom of the league, you don't get the rub of the green. You always get the the knocks, you know. And uh, I think, what, what do you think we're ready now? We've got to do to to um, to
2: stay in the championship Yeah, what, what what I found with that team, the one or six team in particular, was that there was there was never anyone um, that was content pointing a finger because something had gone wrong. One of Steve Coppel's massive mantras, and something I've I've taken forward into my own coaching career is that no one has to be right on the football pitch. You know what football is like. They'll, something goes wrong. And there'll be people pointing fingers and shouting and, and, and digging people out, not for the right reasons, in order to enhance um, performance, but to make themselves look good and make themselves feel better. But that team that we had, no, nothing could come between us. No matter what went wrong or who made a mistake, we just reacted brilliantly. And we reacted yeah. cohesively and together. So if someone knocked us down, we'd collectively got ourselves back up and went straight back into it. And that's what, that's what you need to do. I do feel that the team that manages to get that spirit can generate a run. And if, if they generate a run, they'll be safe. If they generate a run, they'll take themselves away. I, I do think that not taking any points has, has given the teams below Reading impetus and, and encouragement that they're catchable rather than actually yeah. burying them and saying that you, you're behind us, you're, you're, you're gone and actually putting them away. Reading haven't put them away yet, um, but they have the capacity to do it. They have the firepower to do it. It's just doing it on, in a consistent way, I think, that generates a, a, a spate of three wins. That could be
3: I, look at the, I look at the body language. I mean, I watched the game. Well, I watched the highlights. We get the highlights here uh, on, the, on the Sunday afternoon. And I just, you know, after the second goal, it's like they've given up. You know, the body language, you can see from the body language, the way that the heads are already down, the shoulders are down. You know, the way that the walking shows to me is like, oh, well, you know, we, we, we're not going to get back into this game. And, you know, I'd, I've, I've never done that in my career. I've, I've never played with players that have done that. You know, the, the, what, they'll give it a go. You you'll, Like say, you point fingers and you, you'll, you'll shout at somebody, but you've got a reaction. You didn't insult. You didn't, you didn't cry about it. You just got on with it and tried to get back into the game.
2: See, see the team almost before that, that cycle with the, that culminated in the 1016, the team that got promoted into the championship at Brentford, right? So we, we go there, nobody need a draw, and Couples got Brentford flying. They're doing really well. <laughs> Quite a lot of those guys end up playing for us, and they, they're really good guys, people like Hunty and Ivar and, and Lloyd. So you, you're thinking they're a good team, and we go 1 0 down. And I remember Ady Williams, really, really, really calm. Really calm, but really, really strong in his belief. He just said, Don't worry about it. We'll get one. We're definitely getting one. Just believe. And you're like, All right, Eight. Because that resonates through the team and it also spreads through the team. I, I look at when we talk to young players, particularly, we talk about their sphere of influence. So if you imagine really young players, it, it extends about a meter from their body. They only really come alive when the ball gets within that meter of them. And yeah. then they can be really, really, really good. But when you look at experienced pros, I, I, I used to use Peter Schmeichel. His influence was over the entire pitch. So he could influence a centre forward with his body language and his communication. And AD had that aura. AD Vivas had that aura. Parky had that aura. I, I hoped to, to grab some of it. I started to grow into it. City had it. How many of the players now have got that? Rather than just taking care of me, how many people are taking care of you? Yeah, You're having a tough time. You're, you're dealing with, I mean, someone's going to come up against Todd Cantwell, possibly against Bournemouth. A young lad I coach at Norwich, really talented. Receives the ball like Adam Lallana. Brilliant at running with the ball. Really elusive. He could be He could be a problem. Now, if you're having a hard time with him, who's got your back? I knew for a fact that whenever I played with James Harper on the inside of the midfield next to me, he'd be there in case someone ran inside me with the ball. Because he'd be there shouting at me the whole way through, I've got it, Merch. send him down the line, you do him. If he comes this way, I've got him, I've got him. Not just taking care of himself, but taking care of me. I wonder, in all of the teams that you watch, how many people are going outside of themselves and taking care mm. of the next guy, and the next guy, and the next guy, and making them better. Because that's what good teams do.
1: Graham, just, Very a, true. just a quick one. Um, there are some players... Quite a few players out of contract, so yeah. there has been a question mark over their, you know, their their attitude and how how much hunger and desire they've got. How much of a factor is
2: that? You should be able to see it on the pitch. Dylan, Dylan, will tell you if they're not if they're not there, if they're not committed, you should be able to see it. If they're not willing to go that extra yard, and and you would hope that they would do because they should have that professional pride. However, having said that. If you're out of contract next season and you don't want to be injured, how committed would you be to a 50-50 or a sixty-forty against? How willing would you be to put your body on the line? Hopefully the people that Dylan's talking about, people that I'm talking about, you'll be you'll be there. No problem. Because that's what the job requires. Um, but if you're saying there's a, there's a question mark, then surely the staff are questioning the players and the players should be questioning themselves and one another making sure that they're held to account and making sure that they have um, that professional standard. It's quite, it's quite dispiriting actually to hear you say that.
1: That's, that, that's the, you know, that's what I'm hearing. I I went to the, um, I went to the Millwall game and, and actually there was, there was quite a bit of urgency at the end when they're, they're chasing the game. But obviously the, the, the last game, I, I wasn't at the game, but um, I think it was a sort of a bit of a collapse at, at the end. Um I just want to come to Johnny now. Johnny, are you, are you still with us or have you fallen over? You yes. still uh you still on the walk? <laughs> no.
0: no. I'm still here. I just muted myself because of the traffic. Um no, Graham, what I was gonna say because I remember when you started at Reading back in what ninety eight, wasn't it? You were signed as a winger. That was that correct from Sheffield Wednesday?
2: From York City.
0: York City, sorry. And you as a wing and like your start of your career with us was was quite tough, wasn't it? You had a few injuries and took a and, while to
2: Yeah. It was, it, was, it was awful. I, um, I broke down pre-season just before the season started. Um, and I did my hamstring. I didn't really get to play at the start. Um, and you miss it because you're, you're one of Tommy's bigger signings. You're hoping to yeah. hit the ground. Running. I didn't. That was really, really difficult. Coming down away from the Northeast into, uh, into a bigger changing room, a bigger expectation from a club, uh, and not being able to perform was really difficult uh, mentally. But I managed to get back and then, lo and behold, my, third, my ninth game in, it's the first time I actually played wide right. We got to Luton Town away and I dislocated my ankle. I got taken out yeah. and that cost, me, that cost me 10 months. In reality, it probably cost me 18 months because in that time when you're getting back, you're not right. Your body's not right. You're fighting little niggles and injuries. And what made it even worse was that that, that Tommy got the sack whilst I wasn't playing for him. And the the sense of guilt that you have, is awful. So you have to go and look the guy in the eye and apologize and shake his hand and wish him good luck. And I'll never forget it in the way that he, he held himself and comported himself. And he, he just shook my hand. And then he gave me a cord, and he went, we know how good you are. Don't worry about us. Wow. Just be as good as you can be. And I was like, that that takes a big man to look outside yeah. of what's happening to you personally and make sure that I'm all I'm all right. Because he could see how down I was. Yeah. He, he, he actually put his arm around me at that time, and he's just been sacked. It was just a measure of the guy. So,
3: But that's the beauty of Tommy Burns. I mean, I, I just want to go back a wee bit. You were a winger. No, never in a million years were you a winger.
2: Mate, mate, have you not seen, have you not seen my goal against Everton? Seriously. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that fluke, yes, I've, now, I've always... Oh, yeah, I've mean, yeah, fluked
2: flu- flu- it, flu- <laughs> it over level Southall, yeah?
3: exactly well i mean never go 55 by the way then <laughs> <laughs> so anyway great what's happening where, where, where are you now i mean i've just been i've just been in complete shock because i knew you were doing such an absolutely magnificent job at rangers you know and and obviously i did, i honestly didn't know um i do apologize i didn't know No rubbish um and, I, and i'm 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 devastated balkus are you still living in glasgow
2: I mean, we're in the west end of Glasgow at the moment because um, yeah. my my little girl's still got about eighteen months left to finish her schooling up here. Yeah. If we came back down south now, she'd have to go and go down a year in her GCSEs because they're so different. Um, so she'll stay. So I'm I'm currently looking. Um, there's a few things come up, and there's a few things I've applied for. So I'm waiting to see what's next.
1: What about because we've we have had quite a few suggestions. I mean, there there's, there's been a. A fair few for Neil Warnock, to, to be fair, but um, quite a few people have said we'd we'd like to see Graham Murty. Would that Would that job appeal to you? Would, job? Have,
2: of course it would. Of course it would. You'd you have jumped at it. I'd have walked back. Well, I would have swung <laughs> You would have swung back. <laughs> you're
3: you're
1: walking away from it.
2: You're the like, like harpoon pal.
1: So, right, so yeah. Greg, how does how does that work though because dylan's talked about this you, you don't kind of you don't necessarily put yourself i mean sometimes you can apply for jobs but it does feel as if there's a bit of a closed circle sometimes is is that that's, how you read it
2: yeah that that's not just the reading though if i'm if i'm honest there's there's been yeah. lots of jobs that have come up recently they're already filled before they, they came out yeah. You yeah. know, and, and Dylan will know that. I mean, you look at, uh, let's look at Bradford, for example. Um, my wife says to me, Bradford's just come up and met her family from York. So she's thinking we could move to York, be, be close to her family. And she'd be happy. I'm thinking as far away from York as possible, basically. But I knew when it came out that Mark Hughes already had it. And where's their, where's their manager gone? Their manager has been headhunted to fill a, fill a slot at Morecambe. Who's been headhunted to fill a slot at St Mirren? Who's been so those jobs are already filled. So yeah. a lot of the time, a lot of the time that they they're gone before you hear about them. And and regardless of your personal attachment to the club or your emotional state, that people who are in position are going to make their decision based on what they believe to be best for the club. So you have to understand it. You don't have to don't have to like it, but you just have to say, right, okay, that's a. That's something I think I could have been good at. Let's go again. What else is out there? So you you take advice from people that you trust and and you you try and stay positive. And um, more than anything, you try and reflect on what you can do better. Yeah. I I mean, you'd be be good at that. When I've talked to you in the past, talking about the job that you do, and by the way, this guy doesn't get anywhere near enough credit for the job that he's doing. So what he is, is ruthlessly self-analytical. And he understands, right, I need to do this better and that better and that better. But when he goes in somewhere, he gets the lay of the land really quickly. He understands the environments he works in, which makes him really successful, which which, which attests to how adaptable and clever he is. But people back in England don't see it, so they don't give him credit.
0: Graham, I, you know what? I,
2: before I started
0: the walk, mate, I just I bumped into Nicky Hammond at the, the hotel.
2: I saw and the like, picture. That...
0: that He's a big cog, wasn't he, uh, in that team off the pitch and what he did recruitment-wise with Doyle and Long. How, that seems to be missing as well in the club, doesn't it? You know the rec- recruitment off the pitch, the players, the, the 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 what I don't know. What do you? How how does it, it's like a big jigsaw, isn't it?
2: I, I think that's a really good analogy, actually, because you you're not seeing the joined-up thinking that went behind that recruitment. You're not seeing Eamon Dolan having a conversation with his brother and Brian McDermott working and Nicky Hammond working and then them feeding into Steve and Steve going and Kevin Dillon having an input. You're not seeing those things happening, which which at the majority of clubs you won't see. Yeah. There was always that understanding that those people, the recruitment side, were really solid with the first-team side. Yeah. But it was a cohesive view and they all knew what they were looking to go and recruit. You know? I mean... You go and look at it and you say, "Right, well, what are what are Reading's needs now? What, what do Reading need to get them over the line? Is it a winger?
0: Just a gamble, isn't it? Like they just pick players out of, and again, agents and stuff. It seems to be behind the scenes as well. It's just, it's, it's, it's just, it's horrible to watch as a fan. there's must be the next player as well, it must be.
2: Do you, I'll ask you a question then. So this is something that I'm quite big on. I think Dylan's quite big on it as well the transparency of what you do as a manager in the way that you speak to players and the way that you speak to agents, but more, primarily in the way you speak to your fans, is key to get that connection. Great. I mean, I mean, look at the Great. connection that, that 106 team had with the fans. The, the, the fact that our, our wives and partners put together a charity for Berkshire and then raised that, that amount of money over a couple of, yeah. couple of seasons. The fact that we were always visible and always attainable. And you're actually part of and representative of the area that you're in. So yeah. if a connection is there and the feeling... We identified with you,
0: Graham. I think that's, the, you know, yourself and Dylan, we identified you as people, not just footballers. That's the difference. Now it's just sort of people that wear a shirt and play for the club and do they really care? Do like, you know what I mean? It's like the yeah. identity's gone, isn't it?
1: My, but Graham, my, Graham my, I've, I've got a really interesting point here and, and someone, and this has come up on social media as well. People have been talking about this. In, in um, Paul, instead an interview, and during that interview, he referred to Reading as they. Is is that, that. Is, is that a slip of the tongue, or is that a telltale thing with, with the way he feels about the players? What What do you make of that?
2: I, I I think we'll have to ask him. Only he will know what he's trying to convey, because managers when they when they talk generally that they'll 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 couch their honesty into a message for the squad that I'm going to get my message out there through answering this question really well. But there's going to be something that the, the players need to hear. Um, but only Paul will know what he meant by it. So he, he'll know. You, you have to ask him. Whether he tell you or not, it'll be two different things. But the players need to know. The players will know. And going back to your they point, John. To, yeah. The players you know, have you know, to know. You know it was brilliant for me? My wife was so good. Because I'm... At heart, you not believe this. I'm. I'm actually quite a shy person. I'm, I'm quite an introverted kind of guy. My my wife would slaughter me if you didn't think I was giving the fans due consideration or any any time if I if I wouldn't talk to them, which I find I find quite hard. But you have to put yourself out there because of the job that you've chosen to do. You you have to be available and you have to be um relatable. She, my, my wife goes mad when she ple- sees players coming off with the big headphones on and not talking to people, refuse to sign autographs. And I'm like, "That's just, just the way they, they, they zone in, they get themselves into, and she's like, nah. They've, they've travelled yeah, that no. amount of distance, they've spent that amount of money, the least you can do is say hello. And well, that, that so resonated with me. They,
0: when I, I flew back from Oz for that QPR game and you let me wear your medal, that, that as a fan means everything, mate. I want to say that as so a thank you. That's it's what it's not, about for us as people, you
2: know? But it's not mine. It's not mine. No, I know. I, I played it. I represent, I wouldn't have the opportunity to be successful or not successful. I wouldn't have the opportunity to go and do what I did, which I never thought I'd get the chance to do without the backing of the club. I represent the club. All right, I've got my name on the shirt, but I'm, I'm a transient part of the club. Unfortunately, players are transient. Managers are transient. Yeah. They come in, they go out. They come in, they yeah. go out. Some people are lucky enough to last for a longer time. Unfortunately for fans, you're stuck. You've got yeah, you've, you've got your team, and you can't you can't change your team. You're stuck with your team.
3: <laughs>
2: and, I'm, I'm fortunate. Mark, I support Liverpool, so I'm, I'm buzzing at the minute.
3: Mark, <laughs> Mark, Johnny, before before we get cut off, I've just got this one thing that I need to say to 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 every well the Reading fans, but also to to you two. One of the biggest, I don't live on regrets. I don't live on regrets. I got married. I regretted that. Um, that, was the, that was probably the biggest regret ever. But I remember doing, I, I flew back from Kenya to do my pro license. or did a for, of it from Tanzania. And I was going to do my pro license with Graham, with Mertz. And we were going to actually partner up. Yeah. You know, it, it was such, you know, because we, we'd not met each other in person. You know, and we, we attended this uh, Scottish pro-licence and I remember telling Graham, I wonder Mertz, I remember telling you, I'm not doing it. And, and you said to me, I'm fucking gutted because I'd have loved to have been your partner. And, you know, obviously I had my reasons not to do the, the, the pro-licence, yep. but I do regret that, great. I do, do regret that because I think we've got the same ideology, the same way of thinking, the same way of appreciation of the, the club and the fans and the people that work in the club, and you know that's something I've actually you know I've regretted in my football career, you yeah. know. And um, like I say we, we we spent a couple of hours together, and we actually clicked, you know. Yeah. And, and 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 that was the beauty of it, and you know that's what you need in football. You need does Michael Jilts and Pauline click? You know, you does you, uh, do. you know you, do all me. these coaches yeah. have, a, have an understanding of? Who they are and, and who they're working with
2: and working for, but well, but then but then are they speaking the same language? Are they consistent in their message? Do the players understand that 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 the message coming from the coach? It's definitely is coming from the gaffer because it's coming yeah. down the straight line. I, I, I think that's a really interesting point, Dale. I, I did a, an article recently in the in the Times. I said don't tend to live in regret. I'm I'm I much prefer, and I, I, I speak to my daughter about it all the time. I think gratitude a vastly underrated thought process. What are you grateful for today? Oh, I've had a bad yeah. day at school. That was rubbish. This was a, She said this and she... What are you grateful for today? We live in a brilliant place. We've all got our health. All right? There's loads of worse things going on in the world. I'm grateful for the opportunity that I had to play for the club. I'm grateful for the opportunity that I had to represent the places that I did. And not, nothing will actually make me look back on it without, with anything other than that gratitude that I feel so deeply because it's had such an impact on mine and my family's life. I'm, I'm grateful for the, the the fact that York turned down a bid from Chef United because I got the chance to go to Reading. I'm grateful to Tommy for bringing me, you know, I was grateful to meet you at the, at the pro license. I was a little bit gutted. Yeah. I, was, I, was, I was grateful to go and get the the, the learning of listening to Walter Smith and, and Roy Hodgson and, people like that and, and and learning. And I think that's a, a byproduct of a curious mind. And I think that's something that's really, really stood me in good stead all the way through from when I was a scholar. I've always wanted to know why and how things worked and, and make sure that I, I can try and do my part to make them work a little bit better. So it would have been good to have in the pro-license, mate. It would have been... Um, it would have been really funny. Really, really Is it too late? That's Is right. it
1: too late? Can but, you still, yeah, can you still do be. something together? You, you and exactly. Redding... Do we,
2: could we see you oh, at, right. at some point? The, just, mate, left what left is right
1: back in the club?
2: Man, <laughs> let me you, mate. There's, there's, more, there's more chance of me peddling to where he is at the minute than that. <laughs> Do you know what? <laughs>
3: come here. Man, the, weather's, the weather's 32 degrees, so it's, it's quite nice today. Actually, mate, I live in, I actually,
2: I live in Glasgow, for God's sake. Bloody I Jesus, live in Ireland.
3: Thanks, Dylan. Cheers for that, mate. You're but, so, so kind. It was amazing. <laughs> I actually went for a swim in the pool, and it was absolutely
1: pissing down, marine. On, the... on that note, <laughs> that's all we got time for. Sorry, Dylan. <laughs> anyway, look, look, Graham, Graham, we we are uh, we are about to run out of time. So, look, just want to say from from all three of us and, and for the thank you so much, everyone listening. Thank you so much for joining us. Really, really appreciate it.
2: No, it's a pleasure. Keep the faith. Keep the faith. You know, it's it's in our, it's in our hands. So just. Get behind everyone and make sure that you just radiate positivity because that's what they need.
3: Merch, I'm gonna WhatsApp you in two seconds when we when we hang up. So I'm gonna ignore everybody. you.
2: Cheers oh, well, for
1: thanks for thanks for me. So listen, cheers, Johnny
2: Go safe, Johnny.
1: So listen, cheers, everyone, thanks it's Bournemouth like. away tonight. Come on, you royals. And a reminder that our guest on Friday is Laurie Sanchez. And we're also gonna ask Laurie what he thinks of the current state of affairs with the Royals. And he's not someone to mince his, his words. So join us on Friday from six thirty PM. And don't forget you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at eighteen seventy one podcast. So thank you. Take care and good night. And come on, you ours.
0: Sports Social Podcast Network.